chat. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rap room. Tons won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic. Even the random. Niggas ran. I hope that you ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rap room. What's up, y'all? <laughs> Don't be laughing at my music. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guess, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it wide. One thousand. No what the fuck is wrong with you? You have what? no respect for me. <laughs> what I did? We have talked about having healthy snacks in this place, and I glanced you down. You know, it was bad enough with the it red was there the last time. And then I glanced over, and I'm like, <laughs> he got Twinkies. <laughs> no, they don't even make Twinkies anymore. I was eating anymore, Twinkies okay? a minute ago. Do they still make those? They just faxed them did to me. Did you just bootleg this from somewhere, from outer space somewhere? <laughs> I did it. I did. Gosh, <laughs> we were trying to be healthy. He's got like this tiny thing of little cantaloupes. It's so cute. And little little. I see you didn't open it yet. Well, I was, I'm was i not a cantaloupe person, but I respect and appreciate the love that you tried to give me, even though you know I don't like cantaloupes. But I love that you tried, but I'm looking like Twinkies. And we have company today, and you brought Twinkies. I was eating one the last show right. that we was doing. Anywho, how are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So y'all hear us on the rant room. We silly as hell. So on the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft. What we call, we say, shit like that. Yes, the, the important. <laughs> you can cuss on this show. The important stuff. My my girl Andrew's like, you can cuss. <laughs> like she don't know what she got into. This year. Oh my God. I'm gonna be good. I'll be good. <laughs> be so look, y'all hear her voice. That's my girl Lisa Bolacaja. We call her the street nerdist. Why we do that? Why we call uh, you professional that? Professional agitator. <laughs> and what else? The uh, <laughs> the the Twitter hashtag. <laughs> We'll call you out on some stuff. Yes, you sure will. I'm just upset about my genre shows. <laughs> <sighs> Hello, fam. It's me. <laughs> I can give it to you straight. Mm-hmm. Or I can give you academic mm-hmm. talk if you need that. If you need that in mm-hmm. your life, I can give that to you also. <laughs> but I'm excited. We have two guests today. Exactly. So we're going to have a great show today. So y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Let's get it in. Mm-hmm. So today, <clears throat> we got some cool people on today. My home teens. My cousins. One of y'all grab the mic for me, right? Grab it, Spiro. <laughs> All right, so I got my man on the show, and my, my, my old sis from way back, like, how far are you going back? Way back. <laughs> my girl, Angela Allen and Spiro, I can never say your last name, Skinsos. 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 That's a great name, isn't it? Do you know the meaning of it? What it means? In uh, no, I don't actually. Oh my God. People have these awesome names. I know. They don't even I've tell actually, their babies we, where their names are. No, we've from. looked into it, and I've, we've not been able to get a, like, Genealogically, like an origin story for my name. Do you think somebody one, write me an you, origin story? Do you think story? it's one of those ones where someone from your family came over here and maybe they just shortened the name? No, because they did that to my grandfather's <laughs> uncle, oh, okay. and now his name is Skinner. Really? It's their last name. Oh, that's funny. There's some little <laughs> village somewhere in Greece, but there are ancient gods <laughs> waiting for your no, feet I... to touch the soil. Uh-huh. The moment he gets there, it would be all over. <laughs> Artemis, all the rest of them will come out. Uh-huh. Mount Olympus will rise again. That's right. You don't even know the meaning of your name. You're ruining it for everybody. They're going to be so He's mad. He's a descendant, uh, too. Look. They're going to be so mad. So, since we're talking about you, Spiro, my man, my home team. Yeah. <laughs> I like saying that. Home slice. <laughs> my home slice. Uh, so, just give everybody a little bit of gist of who you are, where you're from, stuff like that. Uh, I grew up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I was a in high school. I was a drummer in an all-girl garage band. All-girl garage nice band, <laughs> and uh, we covered a lot of '80s hits. That? And it was fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm out here. I'm a writer. All right, staff writer. I'm gonna write that down in case we get the story band back. Yet or <laughs> I know drummer. we can build the band back. Yes. That's right. We have a drummer. Gonna put me on the new HBO series about the band. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, we got my girl Angela Allen here. Hey, Just give thanks us a for having me. Where are you from? Thank you for coming. We've, I've been trying to get her on for. Like I'm a still year. trying to figure out how Sparrow could have been in an all girls band since he's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, a little bit about me. My background is journalism. I'm a crime reporter turned uh, TV writer, yes. and uh, everything I write is still a crime. Unfortunately, <laughs> I love that. That's but uh, getting a little bit better. <laughs> where are you from? Uh, I was born and raised in Texas. Woohoo! Right. I was here Texas. for the Texas people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and moved to L.A. Uh, in 2007 to make the dream come true and still working on that and hopefully doing a little bit better every day. So mm-hmm. that's, oh, my, that's my she story. She's dropping that she's part of the Howard Mafia. Okay. She <laughs> trying to suck it in. Look. But like, we, okay. For those of you who don't know, most of the, 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 the black L.A. folks I meet out mm-hmm. here, there are certain types. There are those who go to regular schools, mm-hmm. and there are those who go to Howard. And I call it the Howard Mafia because I swear to God, most of the people who are working in television that I know of mm-hmm. or have heard about, they've all... So Howard has got something going on. That's true. Where a lot of big name, like really great writers they, have they come out of there. Passing we the take an oath of Omerta to never talk about okay. it. So uh, I, okay. if, I, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> I'm telling you, as soon as I saw Bison, I'm like, oh God, she's part of the Howard Mafia. There you so go. I really got to watch myself now. But I love people from Howard. That's They're all some of the best writers. So let me tell y'all. So I met my man Spiro. Um, at the Writers Guild, we both are on the. Do you mind? I can say. Yeah. Okay. We both are on the um, gay and lesbian committee. Oh, I thought you were gonna say I'm black. I was gonna say that. You <laughs> got some. He got some in there. You got all kinds okay. of stuff mixing his family. Okay. So yes, there's somebody there. <laughs> um, but I met him on the gay and lesbian committee, which is now with the LGBTQ some shit. As it should be. You know, one of them things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we had a big old discussion about it at the meeting <laughs> two months ago, so we decided to change the name to the LGBT. Just the LGBT. It, pretty right? soon, you want to add NB to for non-binary. You oh want to add a whole 2015. Everybody. It's yeah. time. It's time for name change. I'm old head. Ain't gay and lesbian good enough? God damn it! <laughs> there is so much more in the world, people. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be analog. Okay. Get digital. I'll be digital. Come on now. That was up. And uh, so I met my man Spiro there, and he, um, at the la- at the end of the meeting, he pitched us this idea. Won't you tell us what that is? Oh, uh, yeah, I pitched an idea, basically like a prepping for staff, staffing mm-hmm. season, but I wanted to make it sure it was an emphasis on getting people who are in positions to give writers jobs, mm-hmm. who come from a variety of backgrounds. You know, we were able to get all the diversity groups in the Writers Guild together. So we've got, yeah, <laughs> we've got Black Writers Committee, Gay Writers, you know, LGBT Writers Committee, Women's Writers Committee, uh, Disabilities, Asian Americans. So, right, yeah. yeah, we've mm-hmm. got, you know, it's the rainbow it's and so we're going to look for showrunners who kind of you know people sitting in the audience can see themselves in a showrunner right. which people i don't think higher, God damn right. it. and which i don't think is often the case you know especially if you're a diverse writer you don't really see a rep- oh i don't i want to be him or i want to be her when i grow up because mm-hmm. that person often isn't your gender or isn't mm-hmm. your ethnic background or what have you so and basically it's going to be what to look for what do people look for when they're hiring you? Mm-hmm. You know, what do they look for on the page? What do they look for in the room? You know, have dot your I's, cross your T's, don't have any attitude when you come in. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, like what turns executives and showrunners off? Like what turns an agent off if you go in for, mm-hmm. you know, meeting? What do they want to see? Like what do they want to hear from you? Sure. Like, oh, I wrote the script, thanks. Like, <laughs> no, they want to hear that, you know, you have a passion. And I think that it'll be not just... Um, not just educational for the writers who will attend, but I'm hoping it's also sort of like an inspirational, motivational type of thing. Like, it's staffing season. Let's get our stuff tight. Well, he, and he has a really good tag. It's year-round. Is that what it is, year-round? Yeah, it's year-round. Year-round because no longer is it just, you know, freaking, was it uh, yeah, so, May to June or whatever, so yeah. May to July. Yeah. Now it like goes on all year because of cable and all the other right. avenues. Yeah, that we so have. it's called Staffing Season is Always Now, which is oh, a nice yeah, neurotic right. name right. for it mm-hmm. because, like, when it's staffing season, you're a neurotic mess, right? Exactly. And so it's called that and hopefully we'll have a good turnout we'll have a great panel i'm sure mm-hmm. and people will really get jazzed about their career and their mm-hmm. writing and keep you know it's hard for writers we have so much we we have so much going against us mm-hmm. and there's so much out of our control that to be able to bring writers together to talk almost like a group therapy right. you know is oh it's like, notes, like that's what you guys do? well what that's doing? what's what that's what we can offer each other you know mm-hmm. is a solidarity in writership you know that mm-hmm. Yeah, like, girl, I've been there. Like, <laughs> I got canned. Like, this happened. Mm-hmm. You would not believe it. Like, they said they actually used these words to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, it's good to be able not just to commiserate, but to be able to lift each other up and kind of, like, move on. You know, yeah. like, let's see how we can move forward right. with our careers, with our ideas, and keep 
generating material, okay. which I think is important. Well, I mean, I wanted to bring that up <clears throat> just to just to put that out early because I want I want you to recap that recap that again at the end. Okay. Because one of the reasons I wanted you on the show is so when we drop this, we could drop it like close to when we're gonna do the panel and it'll go out like all over the world. You know, oh, it's so very boom. smart. Yeah. Well, you know how I do. I know how you do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell nobody that. <laughs> but what I want to really do on this particular episode. Um, I really want to talk about process in the writer's room, getting a job, and then once you don't have a job, trying to get a job again. Sure, yeah. <laughs> because I know both of you guys are in that process again. You know, you, you, once you've been on a show, you're in the system. Yeah. Now you're, you're on the list and all those other things, and then you get off. Now your contract ended. So right. now what the fuck do you do again? Right. Because a lot of people don't realize that's how what happens. They just think you just you keep going from show to show or you just stay on the show like you stayed on the show for a minute and then it finally ended for you. So some people, season by season, you're changing shows. Some right. people stay right. on four or five seasons. It's and those people... Of, the, 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 not to cut you off, no, but the, the change is like just in regular economy jobs, regular jobs for people now. Before mm-hmm. you had that security of being on a show or, or on a job for like 30 years then you retire. Mm-hmm. And so, now it's like you really have to have your skill set has to be ready because things are going to change suddenly. Mm-hmm. And you may be on a show for a short amount of time and then, oh, I got to find another show. And you've got to be able to transition very quickly sure. and be very flexible. The good thing about these two is they both write genre stuff that I love. Yeah. Which is awesome. <laughs> Yay. Um, Piggybacking on what Lisa said, I think it's very important to be flexible both in what you are willing to write and can mm-hmm. write. Um, you know, if you're a hardcore drama writer who loves to write uh, really gritty crime stories, as you know, as opposed to the more lighter procedurals, or else even a genre show that has a monster of the week, mm-hmm. like um, popular shows like Sleepy Hollow mm-hmm. and Grimm. What you know about both... Sleepy Hollow? <laughs> <laughs> um, what you know about Grimm, Spiro? <laughs> so. So I think both of us have had to be very flexible mm-hmm. and you know you go in with a, a, a writing sample for those who um, haven't been staffed people want to see how you write so you usually show them one or two writing samples mm-hmm. um, and and they take a look at that and they say well um, on our show here's what we do can you write that mm-hmm. and of course you always say yes <laughs> and also the period before you get staffed is is a time when you're not just sitting uh, back you're also seeding the ground by meeting people mm-hmm. and that's just not meeting other writers that's meeting executives who work for the various studios and TV shows mm-hmm. so even though you're not yet working meeting these people when you do get a job they know your name sure. so all all of those meetings count as well, and that's mm-hmm. what some, something that every person can do, mm-hmm. whether or not they're you know um, a writer who's in the Writers Guild of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can still do that. They can always go out and meet people and mm-hmm. network, and right. that also lays the ground for right. a job in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that. Yeah. that was well said. But what I think is exciting about Angela or her background is being a crime journalist, mm-hmm. like. Those type of stories, hard hitting, like realistic stuff, mm-hmm. and also writing genre things. Like I would snatch you up in a minute. If I yeah, I, show, I would love to know. hear more about how that's come into play in interviews for you, yeah. or even like how you've made it come into play for interviews for you. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks for putting me on the spot, Spiro. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, wow. I I think. Um, Given my background, it just helps being able to have a lot of story ideas to, to you know, to draw on, mm-hmm. you know, having seen a lot of different things. And as they say, uh, truth is always stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you can if you can write the worst crimes that human beings do to each other, a monster of the week is nothing. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you know, oh, someone cutting off a head. Yeah, I did a story. Headless body and topless bar. Yeah, bring it on. You know, headless horseman. I love it. Mm-hmm. So, um. I've definitely used that uh, part of my background to help when I'm writing. And also, it just um, makes you able to do, I think, in terms of creating characters, because you think about the people that you've met. Mm -hmm. And that's true for everyone. Um, When you're meeting people and you're interacting in your daily life, maybe you have someone who's a real character. You're like, wow, this person should just be in a book. And you're like, hey, put him in a script. Mm -hmm. So, you know, draw on that. If If you're blanking on how your character talks or or reacts a certain way to tragedy or even happiness you know draw on someone that you know or you've interacted with that that really you know cute guy at the Mm -hmm. grocery store or that really nasty person you met (laughs) in the post office you know put put them in your script you Mm -hmm. know make them a monster because they are a monster (laughs) and then kill them (laughs) and also like 
don't nobody got crazy families or is it just yes. me? Yes. I mean, were we not all just home for Christmas yes. or the holidays or something? Like, there's a lot of stories there. There's a lot True. of character there. True. You know, and I continue to mine that because mm-hmm. it is cheaper than therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes some, for some good material. You know, when they talk about, when people talk about, well, we want something character-based, we want real emotion, or we want it to be based on something that happened to you. They don't mean like, mm-hmm. today I got up and I went no. to the gym, and then I did, like, like no. Like, when I was seven, my dad forgot to pick me up from guitar class, and, like, these thugs came by, and, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. you know, and, like, then I ran two blocks, and then I fell down, I was the emergency, like, yeah. th- what's the emotional no, core never. of your story? Not yes. that that happened to me. What's the emotional core of your story, you right. know? And that's from something personal. So, you know, for me, it's, like... With family stuff, it's like loss or expectation, and like, mm-hmm. where are all those themes that mean something yes. to you that right. are completely applicable and sleepy hollow? Because right. those are all the episodes that are so well grounded, I mm-hmm. think, you know, and that really draw people in. Like, mm-hmm. you can have all the monsters, all the explosion, all the zombies, all the blood in the world, mm-hmm. but if we don't give two shits about your character, <laughs> then what's the point of turning in, sure. tuning into the show, you know? Sure. So let's, let's, let's go back to, for the people who don't know, let's go back to the process. And and this goes back to the programs you guys got into and then how you got the agents and how you got on the show, because that stuff is important. Well, you can start, Angela. Great. Um, my my process <laughs> is probably nuts like every other writer. Um, and so I'll start with the easy to understand part, which is how I got into uh, this crazy business. <laughs> um, I made a decision in 2007 to just chuck it all and move to Los Angeles to be a full time writer. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was not. Uh, I was She's working. Fearless, though, okay, she is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Or else I just had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> no, I I started. I was living in New York at the time, uh, New York City, and I started taking some classes through a company called Gotham. They offer yeah, writing Gotham. classes, yeah. TV writing, yeah. screenwriting, book writing, whatever you want to write. And um, I just fell in love with it. You know, the the structure of it all on the page, um, the creativity. I just fell in love with it. And as I got more into it, I thought, wow, this could be. A career Mm -hmm. and you know like most people you're afraid because you know you're like wow it's it's a change it's something new and I'd be starting at the bottom (laughs) Um, but I made decision if I never go for it I'll never know so I moved here in 2007 to Los Angeles and I was lucky enough to get selected for a writing program um, at University of Southern California USC um, called the Marvin Miller Guy, Guy Hanks, Hanks writing, <laughs> writing yeah. program. That's where I met Angela. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I met Hilliard, yes. We were in class together. Here's the interesting thing. You remember, when we first started the, in the Cosby program, um, i never forget, the first thing I heard was a story about Michael Ajakwe. I think we've talked about this before. <clears throat> and he got his first staff job because he befriended one of the other girls. What's her, what's her name? Uh, um, Eve. Oh, no, she, she did, did the, the TV show, show yeah. Eve. What's he befriended Meg, Meg Deloche. Meg Deloche. Deloche. Mm-hmm. And they became best friends and close, like, like Angela and I are. And she got her show. The first person she brought in was her girl, was her boy. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I was like, who in this room is going to make it in this room? You know, and eventually I started a writer's room and we all started mm-hmm. bonding. We did it for like about a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she's the one who's really, really progressing. I just love well, it. I love I- well, I think we both are, and it's good to keep those connections because you never know mm-hmm. who's going to be there for you in the future. And also, the friends you make when you're struggling are definitely true friends because mm-hmm. once you make it, then, of course, it's easy. Everyone wants to be your friend and find <laughs> out, how did you make it, and can you help me make exactly. it? But um, my really big break came, and this is not to say that everyone should do this, every aspiring writer, because there are a million ways to break in, mm-hmm. but I decided to go the studio route, which mm-hmm. means that I apply to studio writing programs. Mm-hmm. There are several here. Um, Fox Studios has mm-hmm. one. Uh, CBS has one. NBC, ABC, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers. So mm-hmm. they're out there. But the reality is everyone cannot go to a program because they only take a small amount of people, like maybe 10, mm-hmm. 10, yeah. maybe I think Disney takes maybe 20. Mm-hmm. So most people do not go through a studio writing program, but I, I applied and I did. And the one thing it does give you, it gives you a buzz in the town. People look at your name, they see you, they hear about you, There's and it sort, of gives you, <laughs> it, it sort of gives you some attention for that moment. And you have to utilize that attention and really go for it. And, mm-hmm. and that's what happened with me. I was um, accepted into the Fox um, 
Writers Intensive in mm-hmm. 2013. Now, before that, I had had crushing defeat. <laughs> <laughs> tell it. Dark night. By applying to ABC Disney mm-hmm. and, you know, made it all the way to be a finalist. Yeah. Three, three really, really hard days of interviews mm-hmm. only to find out, hey, guess what? You're not good enough. And, you know, I was crushed. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to do this. This is just, <laughs> familiar you know, <laughs> and you know what? And that's when you have to say, you know what? Am I a writer doing this because mm-hmm. this is what I love? Or am I doing it because I want people to notice me mm-hmm. and, and give me fame mm-hmm. or acclamation? And you have to say, which what is more important to me, proving mm-hmm. it to myself or to others? And I thought, I have to prove this to myself that I can do this. Mm-hmm. And so I the next year I applied to Fox mm. with the exact same pilot, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> the exact same pilot. Let me say that once again. And, <laughs> and I was one of the 10 people chosen out of almost 500. So the odds are really tough, but I think if you're persistent and yes. you don't take let rejection set you back, mm-hmm. um, anyone with you know good writing skills can break in. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was my big, uh, my big break. Cool. And I know. Uh, what was your Spiro? What happened yes. with you? Um, what happened to me? <laughs> Let me show you on the How script. How did they abuse Let you? Let me show you on the script what happened to me. Um, Interior. My, my uh, story is not dissimilar. I mean, mm. these studio programs are great. They are often diversity-driven. I think mm-hmm. um, the CBS one definitely is. Uh, ABC claims not to be as much anymore. No, it used to be. Yeah, it now used it's to white be. folks in there. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Now it is a rainbow. Yeah, yeah. It is a rainbow. Good sir. He's trying to be all PC and shit. You can tell it. You know the NBC one is diverse. The Warner Brothers one, I don't think is. I mean, there are opportunities at every. It, different different areas. There's also like Austin Film Festival and Scriptapalooza, mm, which yes. I think are probably the most respectable mm-hmm. of the non-studio mm-hmm. ones. Right. I don't think you should maybe not waste your time with so many other of the mm-hmm. ones that pop up, the, the day and night ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of opportunities there. And like you were saying, like anything to get you traction, anything yep. to get you visible, anything you can, if you don't have an agent, you can call an agency or tell a friend who's at an agency, like, I just got finalists for this. I just, mm-hmm. like, they will start to be like, all right, well, you seem to keep coming real close. Maybe we should look at you. And, mm-hmm. you know, mine was uh, very similar. I had applied to ABC Fellowship. <laughs> I was a finalist two years in a row. Two years in a row. And on the third year, <laughs> tumbleweeds. And I was like, all right. So, You're like, oh, that Spiro dude again. Yeah. <laughs> I applied to NBC Writers and Verge program with the same script. I got into that. Wow. And um, then... Subjective, bitch. It is so subjective. Yeah, and what's... Then from there, I kind of did this reverse. People usually do it the other way around who've been in these programs. I did NBC, and then I did the NHMC Writers Program. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. And usually... Tell, you, tell people what that is who don't know. The NHMC is the National Hispanic Media Coalition's mm-hmm. writing yes. program. My mom's side of the family immigrated from Mexico. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in the and in the the vein of like turning every stone to get a job, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I will apply to that. I, mm-hmm. You know, like I don't you don't want to be the diverse writer. You don't want to be no the black writer, the gay no. writer, the Asian writer, the woman writer. Mm-hmm. You know, like you want to be the writer. But exactly. damn it, if someone else isn't going to use that opportunity, and if someone else somehow. doesn't have even better opportunities, like their yes. uncle mm-hmm. is, their aunt is this and that. So. You work what you can. Hey, all mm-hmm. spare in the hustle, y'all. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you, you gotta get in where you fit mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hate the player. Okay. <laughs> so, um, no. So you know, I went through Writers on the Verge, uh, and it's interesting because there we had a speed dating for agencies. Oh, really? And this is kind of stepping onto the. I think your next question is, is headed to this, but I thought since <coughs> I've got my hand on the mic, what the hell? Go right ahead. <laughs> um, I had a round of you know five minute speed dating with some agencies. I hit it off with five one of the minutes. agents, you yeah. know. And then there was a writer strike. So this is 2007. Oh, 2008. So nobody really cared. Uh-huh. They're like, that's really great, honey. You wrote a script. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then He's in this Verge thing. <laughs> I got into the NHMC writers program mm-hmm. uh, two years later. In it, I met, there was this, uh, a woman who was in the program as well. Mm-hmm. And she and I hit it off. And she was like, oh, I think you're so awesome. And I'm going to tell my agent, my manager about you. And in my head, I'm like, sure you are, honey. Like, how many times yes. you know you talk you about, about, We've all about your friends who, yes. you, when you're struggling, your friends, you know who your friends are. Right, mm-hmm. right. I was like, you're not going to, nobody's going to call mm-hmm. you. Right, right. And the next day, like, oh, so my agent, my manager wants to talk to you. Really? And so I sent my man- her manager my stuff, and I had a meeting, and I 
I signed with her December, like right before Christmas. Wow. And then the next year, I think it was the next year, um, we went through staff. I went through staffing season with just a manager. Mm-hmm. And then she, my manager's like, all right, we've got to get you an agent because agencies drive staffing for, mm-hmm. you know. So she's like, do you know of any people? I put a word out to someone at ABC, an executive friend of mine. She gave me a couple of agents who were listening. One of them was a woman who I met with in the speed dating at no NBC. <laughs> so I told my manager, I like, call this agent mm-hmm. and see if she remembers me, if she's interested, what's up. And the agent was like, I really remember him. He was really awesome. I couldn't hire anyone then. So mm-hmm. let's have a meeting. They met me. They read my, at the time, a fringe spec mm-hmm. and a hospital drama that I'd written a pilot. Okay. And the first question was like, how, what, who are you? Like this fringe script is so off the wall, like demented. <laughs> and then you've got like this hospital drama that's got this religious element to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, and then I like skills, baby. And, yeah, skills. And I had to, and I explained to her, like, these were all, these were all created out of the genesis for these w- were personal family stories. Exactly. Even though the fringe one was like, Clones who were molding to death because mm-hmm. there was a conspiracy behind, you know, this and then the other one was really like all stemmed from really? feelings that I'd had, I'd gone through, I'd dealt with, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I got how I got my agent, and then that's how I got staff. All right. Mm-hmm. And what was your first staff? My first staff job was Grim. I had okay. worked in half hour prior to that, so I have freelance episodes of mm-hmm. the George Lopez show, like right when I first moved out here. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, and I'd wanted to change from that to be our writer. In between, I wrote a animated sci-fi zombie web series yeah. <laughs> that was part of the Warner Brothers 2.0 back in 2008 when they're uh-huh. like we're going to do this and then we did it and then they didn't promote it and it okay. has since died but so it's available I think on you can get on YouTube or on iTunes mm-hmm. now and I co-created that with the artist who created the you know the characters okay. so I did that in between getting my job on Grimm and both of those actually came into play because they wanted to see that I could do this genre stuff, and mm-hmm. they loved that I had a comedy background because mm-hmm. these guys were the guys behind like Angel and Buffy mm-hmm. and that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Not a bad place to be. Right? Okay. So yeah. And what was your first show? Um, I was lucky enough to get staffed on a show called Crisis that was unlucky enough to be canceled. <laughs> Thirteen um, episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen episodes and out, but. I have to say it was the most amazing experience. It was produced by 20th Century mm-hmm. uh, Fox. It was a Fox oh, production. They had a budget, they? Aired on NBC. <laughs> so it was a major network show, which is um, just an experience in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the creators and showrunners ran Ravitch and Farah Sherriot, who were best known for a show that aired on NBC called Life for mm-hmm. two seasons. Mm-hmm. And the star of that show, um, uh, Damien... Uh, Damian Lewis, mm-hmm. who went on to be become the uh, on the hit show Homeland, he's mm-hmm. the star of that, mm-hmm. the uh, undercover marine who's secretly a, a jihadist. So, <laughs> so they you know they have a great track record, and they they were great guys, and it was just a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, after that show was canceled, <laughs> poor crisis. The good snacks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know I was lucky enough uh, within like a month or two to get staffed on another Fox show. Um, produced and uh, aired on Fox called Sleepy Hollow that's still on. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful, wonderful show that has a ton of fans. Oh, my God. Um, we went to Comic-Con in San Diego, and the fans were just nuts <laughs> for the there, show. I mean, yeah. They were running yeah, up yeah. to me saying, oh, my God, this show has changed my life. I was like, you need to get a life. Your biggest fan <laughs> over there. Your wait, biggest fan wait. over there. Um, she said, y'all need to get a life. And I'm like, <laughs> like all the sleepy heads were just like... <laughs> the sleepy heads are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but in all seriousness, um, you know, we love the fans. When I was on the show, it was it was wonderful interacting with the fans and having mm-hmm. them come to me and say, hey, you're a writer. Wow, can I get your autograph? I mm-hmm. was like, amazed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is like mm-hmm. what you dream of, you know, someone mm-hmm. respecting what you do and your talent. You're like, hey, I didn't even <laughs> write that episode, but thanks anyway. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. When you... You guys kind of already pitched about the interview a little bit. You talked about that. But let me ask you a question about when you are staffed on a show, both of you, and you come on and the show has already been on. Right. What is the prep like? What do they give you? What do you have to prepare yourself for before you go into the room? And Spiro can probably talk to this as mm-hmm. well. That's known as coming to the room when it's already hot, mm-hmm. right? So the room is hot. Mm-hmm. When you start on a show that's just just starting, it has, hasn't aired yet, you know, everyone starts the same time. It's, it is very different because you all sort of 
start to uh because you're working from the pilot up right most of the time you're around. working well you're the pilot is already shot when mm-hmm. you get there when they start a room which is when all the writers are hired and gathered and begin to do what's known as a break story mm-hmm. for those who who um you know are just looking getting in, into the industry your breaking story which means you're figuring out what is going to be our end game for this series at the end of uh however many episodes at the end of 13 episodes where do we want these characters to be mm-hmm. so when you start from the beginning it is a little easier because you're all together and you and you're figuring it out together when mm-hmm. you come into a hot room that's already going on they usually already have the story broken down they know mm-hmm. these characters better than you do often mm-hmm. so you a lot of times have to play catch up and mm-hmm. what I had to do especially on Sleepy Hollow is really read their show bible mm-hmm. and and see okay here's how these characters are supposed to be and this is what they like what they don't like and how they've interacted the first season mm-hmm. and go from there and also Sleepy Hollow is very rich in terms of history they draw a lot on the american revolution Mm -hmm. so i took it upon myself you know to just do a lot of research into the founding fathers of america and you know here's some interesting things and also (laughs) i do i i'm i'm like a geek that way i I love (laughs) arcane bits of knowledge that no one else ever wants to know about Mm. so you know that's good in a room though that that actually is Uh and also um, I think as a writer, you, you want to strive to be as much of a polymath as, as possible, which mm-hmm. means someone who knows a little bit about everything. Mm-hmm. So if someone asks you something about, you know, George Washington's teeth, you should know, okay, yeah, he didn't have many, you know? <laughs> you know, as, as His well breath as... breath was kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that goes in the Halitosis, script. Halitosis, halitosis. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you love history, for mm-hmm. those people who go into writing because they love, you know, history and facts and things like that, and trivia that makes a great background mm. for a tv writer okay. uh, so on sleepy hollow a lot of it was about research so um i don't know how it was on how was it on grim yeah what happened with you i think that it's always about research in some way mm-hmm. and um uh so on grim it was different though because it was you know it was a cold room it was we were just getting started and you're kind of everyone is just kind oh, you of came in from the beginning yeah okay. everyone's just kind of scrounging for like where is the show going? What do they mm-hmm. want? And your your research are your EP's brains. Like mm-hmm. they don't always have everything thought out that you see in the pilot. And you they could say, well, we don't know what this means or what the, where this is going to go. You know, <laughs> like we just wrote this. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Sure, where it was going. <laughs> like, you know, they're like, well, we think we want to do this, but we're not sure. And so you just endlessly pick. Well, it could be this. Do you want it to be this? Do you want it to be this? Got it. And there's never. It's like you can't pitch enough mm-hmm. stories you know, ideas of what these things could be. And for me, I was, you know, I grew up, you know, reading mythology and I was always into like cultural okay. thing, like stories and stuff like that. So I knew the fairy tales. I'd mm-hmm. had, a, I had the unabridged book that has the yes. Cinderella's <laughs> stepsisters getting the their real, eyes the poked real out. story. Yeah. <laughs> Stop sanitizing that stuff. Children need that to survive in the world today. Yeah. Get their eyes poked out. You, you know? know. Yeah. <laughs> Little Red got eaten and got chopped and the wolf got chopped up and the belly yeah. meat was all over the place and you need to know that. You need to know that. So, yes. And I she remember... She did not get away, did she? <laughs> <laughs> and Cinderella, what is the one of the sleeping, the one the fit, uh, was it the sleeping? No, it was Cinderella. Mm. How they cut the bitch's feet off? Yeah, had the foot dish, They cleaned that up. Like no, yeah. they just took their foot. In the original, they was cutting feet yeah. off. They were and that. Children. And we tried to keep the tried to keep the tone of that, you know, in the show. And mm-hmm. that's something that I really liked about the show that it had mm-hmm. that cut that darkness. And yes. I knew a lot of those stories, and I kept reading more. I was like did you guys know about this story where like mm-hmm. this crazy shit happens? Right. So whatever we, it was all about deconstructing the story mm-hmm. and rebuilding it, mm. you know? So it wasn't necessarily uh, a new twist on it, but it was like, all right, well, what could this mean? You know, like in one episode we had a cop that literally was a pig, a pig creature. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, like there's all sorts of fun stuff you can play and metaphors you can do when you're dealing with mm-hmm. um, genre, which is why I love it. And you do the same thing on Sleepy Hollow. So, mm-hmm. you know, you need to come to the table, prepare. Like, we would work on notes. Uh, we would you know, work all day. We would get notes at the end of the day that the assistant took. I would take those notes. I would take them home. I would read them. Mm-hmm. And I would look for little chinks in the armor, you know? Mm-hmm. Where, 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 what can I pitch tomorrow when I come to the room? Because I was... For, I mean, I'd been in rooms before, but like never on staff. And like, mm-hmm. there's a lot expected of you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've got to pitch faster. And like, you know, it's like water sea mm-hmm. legs that comes to you. And okay. you can't let that bother you at mm-hmm. first. But I was terrified at first. And mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, I want to have these answers in my head mm-hmm. now. So I don't mm-hmm. have to think of them in the morning. And 
you know, you want to make sure you're fully prepped for a show because you should be thrilled to be there. And I, and you know, I am wherever, whatever show it is. Like I'm there because like, I really like the show and you really like me. So I want to do the, the best, best work do, possible, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. let me ask you a question. <clears throat> let me talk about, there's a lot of shit going on in the writer's room now with paper teaming. Let's talk about that. Because I know people are like going crazy about it. Every time I go to a meeting at the Writers Guild, somebody's having a conversation about it. David White in particular is always yapping about how bad it is or whatever. Well, explain I was to listening. What it is. Okay, explain to okay. What it is give, first. Give, give people the rundown exactly what paper teaming is. Uh, well, from my, since I've never been directly involved with that, what I understand is that they take two writers who are not a writing team and put them together on paper as one so they can have two people for the price of one. Exactly. So an executive will bring two of us in, we'll come in and interview for him. <clears throat> he'll like us so much, he'll go, well, I can't afford both of them. But if I paper team them together as a writing team, then I can have both of them. Now, the problem is, now you guys are both splitting it just like a regular writer's team. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of illegal, what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of producers do it. And there's stipulations around it um, where if they ask you and you agree, then that's kind of one way around it. It's just a small little, but we asked them and they said, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They can't, but they can't kind of ask you if there's anything mm-hmm. it's almost like a double they can't really straight up ask you but they can mention it mm-hmm. it's like a weird little thing that's going on there so yeah i think a lot of i think more cable type like the uh not pay cable but the regular mm-hmm. cable do it and i think there's a certain studio that owns a certain network that caters to children <laughs> <laughs> um, why, why is that a VR PC? <laughs> i understand they do that a lot i'm just saying i understand that's what i, mean. I don't know He's like i heard through the grapevine uh, i have not had any direct experience with that but i do think that that's really shortchanging your this, this is crappy well I've, I've i've i was talking to a writer who was offered the paper team and he turned it down and it was his first show ever wow yeah, him. he turned it. I, I was like, I don't know if I could have done it. You know what I mean? If I was offered that thing. And he said no, but they decided they wanted him so bad, they'd end up letting the other guy go and keeping him. And he ended up getting that after all. So my whole thing is, hmm, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, because is there any type, like, that was a good situation for that particular yeah. rider. But is there, like, backlash? Like, this person is not, like, a team player. They're not, I mean, it could there, be. could be. Okay. It could be. You know, some people ahead, aren't, made to, aren't made to be teamed. I've heard of the paper teaming. Mm-hmm. I have never experienced it, and knock on wood, hopefully I never will. <laughs> I, I myself, like Spiro, we I, we write under our own names. We don't have any writing partners. Mm-hmm. However, there are a lot of people who do have writing partners, and I don't hold that against them. Mm-hmm. The only thing with writing partners is. <laughs> If you and your writing partner ever split up, a lot of times one writer will be seen as the stronger person and will go on to have another job, and sometimes the other one will struggle. Mm -hmm. So I do know some writers who started out as a writing team Mm -hmm. and had success, and then they they worked and were staffed on TV shows, but then when they decided to split for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. uh, one person was was seen as, oh, this person is actually the the weaker writer, so we're going to go with this the other writer. Mm -hmm. So it can work to your detriment in that way, Um, but I think if if you have a good relationship with another person and you guys want to do a project together, that that should never be a hindrance. You should all, you know, a lot of times you you might want to do it just on a specific project, and to me that's okay. But if you have such a strong voice and vision Mm -hmm. of your own, which I've always been just very opinionated about my work, (laughs) you know, I I just don't, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. partner, but... I, I don't have anything against it. I know a lot. Some companies do like, hey, there's a, like Hilliard said, there's a writing team. We get two brains for the price mm-hmm. of one. Mm-hmm. So they actually look for that. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a writing team, sometimes you actually are seen as being more valuable to the mm-hmm. writer's room than that one single writer who's mm-hmm. trying to get a job. So mm-hmm. it could it could work to your advantage sure, sometimes sure. too. Just make sure you're the better writer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just make sure to have some samples with just your name so no one will question whether or not you know how to write a script. Exactly. Let me ask you guys about expectations in the room. Now, either one. You can take a spare. Now, a lot of younger writers think, oh, I'm going to get on staff, I'm going to make a salary, I'll write a script, and then I'll get paid for it. But they don't realize that staff position, for the most part, doesn't get the, doesn't get the fee of writing the script. Let's talk about that a little bit, about how that works. Um, Unless you put in your contract at first. 
Right, which is hard to do yeah. um, uh, these days because there's so many rest- you know budget restrictions now. Mm-hmm. And I understand they can make you write three scripts as a staff writer when you're the staff level. Three, wow. I think it's... Or is the third you get paid? I think the first two okay. you would write it's part and it, com- of, it's and part it comes of your out of weekly, your yeah, it comes sure, out of sure. your weekly. Then the third one, if they, you get assigned a third one, then you have to okay. uh, get paid for that script. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I wrote as a freshman on you know on Grimm. I co we we all co wrote that year, mm-hmm. so uh, I co wrote a script. Uh, the Did you work year. with Richard Hayden over there? Uh, yeah, Richard came I on at the end of him. season one. I love him. He's a great yeah. guy. Um, and um, I you know I co wrote an episode. I mean, I'm right on a show. I don't like, I'm sure I'm not getting that extra, you know, what is it, like 20 grand for a script, but like mm-hmm. you're getting good money, good weekly oh, yeah. money, and it's Definitely. your first gig out. So, like, enjoy the ride, do your really good work mm-hmm. because if you don't do good work, they're not going to give you another script, let alone sure. the first script. Right. Sure. And, you know, there's always politics in the room of mm-hmm. who's getting scripts. There may be people who are higher up who are guaranteed scripts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just want to go in there with the best attitude and the best work that you can do so that way they'll want to keep working with you and eventually give you that bump, give you now, that script. I mean, now you ended up working your way up to executive story editor. So how did it change for you uh, in the room? Did, did things change? Did your duties change in the room once you, or you did, did just your title change? I what think, happened? well, it's a little of both. I mean, often, you know, I was second season on Grimm. I was a story editor. Mm-hmm. So it's, there's not a huge difference from staff writer to story writer. Like, you only have so much experience. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it's like staff well, writer. Well, there's a pay difference. Yeah, there's a, yeah. No, there's a pay difference. You get paid your script. Sure. You get a higher weekly. But, you know, like the way they look at you is still you're a lower level writer. Got it. You know, you've got to leave. So when I left the show, staff writer, so I would be ESC now. But um, there's, you know, they look for low level, mid-level, and then showrunners. Mm-hmm. So that's in story writer to executive story editor those are all low-level writers, mm-hmm. and they're paid differently. Mm-hmm. They're paid weekly, whereas once you get that producer bump, you're paid per episode. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's the big, there's a money difference there. Big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's being modest. There's a giant difference. There's a giant difference. Let me tell you, when the weekends would come, I would be like, okay, I'll be home working or reading, and the executives would be like, well, we're going to Utah or we're going to Hawaii. So there's a giant difference in pay and what you do with that pay. So, um, but in now, how, term- how long was your contract? Was it? Because I know they're like for like a 10, staff 20, writers, and, like and this different. is getting into the legalese of it all. So this is not my my expertise, but mm-hmm. for staff writers, the contract is pretty boilerplate. It's pretty simple. It doesn't really change no matter mm-hmm. what show you're on. Okay. And in the past, you know, TV shows used to run for like 22 episodes was mm-hmm. a full season. These days, you're lucky if you get 13. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times things that you could do on a 22 episode show, you can't do when you only have 10, 12 or 13 episodes just mm-hmm. because you run out of time. And right. with all the writers, like he mentioned, the higher level writers who have to get an episode who are guaranteed in their contract, you know, they come before the lower level. So if you're sure. a staff writer or a story editor, um, you know, you kind of take what you get mm-hmm. and, and you're grateful for that. And you, you're, you're definitely earning a decent wage, but, but you're not getting um, that writing experience sometimes that you might want. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I did find out uh, firsthand was that under the contract uh, with the Writers Guild of America... Uh, you are paid separately for new media, which is things that air online. Oh, really? So that is separate, well, right? Give us an example. Like what? An example, um, on Crisis, I had to write some little shorts that aired online. I think oh, they okay. put them on YouTube and on the uh, the Fox website. Mm-hmm. And I was actually paid separately on top of my weekly really? uh, nice. pay. Okay. So that was a nice little yeah. like, oh, that's cute. And then mm-hmm. when my agent took took a cut, I was like, wow, that's not so cute. <laughs> so yeah, that's, bastard. That's I thought it's so nice. Yeah. What do you mean you need 10%? What are you talking about? Um, For those of you who don't know, when you have an agent or a manager or a representative, they take a percentage of your pay. Mm -hmm. And um, this is in return for them Mm -hmm. setting up interviews for you, uh, making calls for you, Mm -hmm. and getting your work out there. So they, you know, if in in a best case scenario, they are earning that money. 
Mm-hmm. In a worst case scenario, you are doing your own setting up your own interviews and you are still paying them, which is not a relationship that you want to have. <laughs> so you want to make sure that they are actually, you know, uh, seeing, and, and what, seeing how the do you, ground What do you suggest writers do to do that? Because um, you know how people don't know how to deal with their agents and managers. What do you suggest? Well, every writer, to be a working writer in Hollywood, you do actually don't have to have an agent or manager. No. You do have to have someone who can close your contract, which can mm-hmm. be an attorney. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to have an agent or manager. Um, I, I know one writer who... Um, got staffed just by chance. He was at a bar with a friend and he ran a, a showrunner walks in. Drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and the showrunner knew his friend. The friend introduced him and said, Hey, this is this is my buddy. He's mm-hmm. looking for a job. He's a writer. You should read him. Mm-hmm. And the showrunner read him and said, Hey, I, I love it. Come and work for me. Mm-hmm. And this guy didn't have a you know an agent, manager, anything. Wait, were they and, on a sound dance somewhere and they were happy a showrunner? And because he didn't have that representation, he didn't have to pay any money from his paycheck mm-hmm. so that's an extra 20% in his pocket mm-hmm. they, he would have had to put out you know 10% mm-hmm. for the manager and 10% for the agent so which, which by the way as soon as you get today, on the show you got to pay that writer's guild <laughs> initiation yes, fee whatever you do have to pay you know to be mean? in the union mm-hmm. <laughs> but, it, but it can come out your check so it's not like it's right. you know yeah mm-hmm. um for for writers who are representative you have a representation um you, a manager is primarily concerned with making sure your career is going in the right direction. They're concerned with people getting your name out there. And the agent is the one who s- supposedly has more connections directly to the studio um, in terms of you know, the jobs that are available. Mm-hmm. And when those two work together, you know, it should result in a job. Right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people nowadays will have also an attorney. In the past, the agencies used to do the legal work for to close your contract, sure. but they stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of other, well, companies. it goes to legal now. Yeah, <laughs> so so now they want you to actually have your own attorney who can close your contract mm-hmm. when you're offered get a job offer, and then the contract must be signed and all of that good stuff and sent mm-hmm. back to the studio saying, "Yes, I accept this job offer. When can I start?" Mm-hmm. But um, that attorney sometimes will also take a fee, what's known as a staffing fee. Mm-hmm. And if the attorney is really nice, they won't, they'll waive it. They'll say, okay, you know what? You're just a, a staff writer or a story editor. You're not making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to waive this fee. In return, Question we're going to... Does the fee, is it just one solid fee or does it come out every week while you're on the show? Um, usually it's a percentage of what you earn for Got that it. season. Okay. So if you're earning, I'm just going to make up an, a round number, mm-hmm. 100,000 mm-hmm. and even six figures. Mm-hmm. Um, the staff fee might be 5% of that. So what okay. is that? I'm a writer. Someone do the math. <laughs> anyway, $5,000, right? So that's basically, it's $5,000. Mm-hmm. So that's not a lot of money to a high-powered attorney. To me, that's a lot of that's money. Lot of money. Yeah. But for mm-hmm. some people, it's not. So they might say, you know what? I'm going to waive this fee next year. When you rise up the ranks and, and the staffing levels, you'll mm-hmm. make more money. Then I'll take it out of your, your okay. salary because then I'll be, it'll be worth it to me. It'll mm-hmm. be $10,000. it will be $15,000. Mm-hmm. So as you go up, their percentage of your pay goes up. So that's yeah. where it pays off for them to have that relationship mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you a question, uh, Spiro. Um, so both of you guys were on hit shows, right? <clears throat> then your contract ends. So how do you get back on another show when you've been on a show before? Now, you did it where you came from comedy and went from half hour to hour, so that, which is hard enough to do. So now you're in a whole nother predicament <laughs> where you're trying to get on. So what type of things are you and your, your representatives trying to do now? Well, I, <clears throat> I think the thing to remember, excuse me, is you're always reinventing yourself. Sure. I mean, that's part of the, the draw of, of Hollywood. It's like the Wild West, you know, mm-hmm. really, you can, I reinvented from, from a comedy writer to that web series to our drama, mm-hmm. uh, throwing a feature that, mm-hmm. you know, I'd written that hasn't been produced, but, you know, that's gotten out there. Um, and now it's like I'm developing while pursuing, you know, any staffing opportunities that come mm-hmm. along that's the right fit. I've got a pilot in development that I've written with studio and they're doing an international co-production. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like a, it's new to me, this whole process. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know of it, but they mm-hmm. basically fund it they, the way they used to fund independent films or like get money from overseas territories. Mm-hmm. And then you come back to the States and pitch it. it. So in the meantime, I'm able to go out for staffing. Okay. And this season, I actually, I'm actually prepping a cable pitch to go out 
and you know writing a new sample mm-hmm. i mean it's all about writing it's all about your writing samples and about who you know mm-hmm. and you know when we talk about it, it's about who you know it's not like oh i know him i'll get a job it's like <laughs> you, who you know doesn't matter no, until you i'd be working script. all the time if that was the case <laughs> well the who you know comes into play when you're up for a job and they've mm-hmm. read your script and they're like, well, I really like the script, but I don't know this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when you call Richard Haddam. Right, you know, right. that's when you call a right. producer who knows that person exactly. and say, hey, I can vouch for him. Right. I can vouch for her. She was right. awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what you do is, you know, I go out for generals, I go out for show meetings, and I keep generating more material. And you should be doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. you're a writer. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're not driven to do that, then I think that's when you question whether or not mm-hmm. you're in the right business. Right. What about for you, Angela? <clears throat> Like 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 now that you now that you're contracting, what type of things are you guys doing now to try to get you either back on staff? I just or you stay at home and cry. Um, <laughs> well, let me see. Um, actually, no. Uh, what Spiral said is 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 on point. Definitely. I'm sorry. I'm Hilliard is giving me. She the keep banging on the damn thing. When I, when I talk, She's us know. When I talk, I, I talk with my hands. So and I have to control myself. I'm gonna sit on my hands. So the, no, no, you're fine. Um, I just don't want you to hit my damn table, little girl. Uh, that's that. That's that. That's that Creole stuff that's, coming. That's out. that Howard University. That's, no, that's thing. Creole stuff. Creole people talk with their hands. I do talk with my hands when I get excited. Um, but I'm sitting on my hands now. So he's right. You you should always be writing, and I'm writing, working on writing a new pilot. I think to get the next job, you definitely want to have a good recommendation from the last job. Mm. So don't, you know, act stupid in the room. You know, <laughs> sometimes someone will say something that's so nuts. You're mm-hmm. like, what the, what are you smoking? <laughs> don't say that out loud. Just think it. <laughs> um, be, because that's all part of getting a good recommendation for your next job. Because mm-hmm. the reality is, it's a really small circle of writers in Hollywood. So you'll probably end up working with some of the same people mm-hmm. or they know the people you'll be working with. So you don't want to burn any bridge. Unless you plan on ever coming back. You know what? Forget <laughs> right. all of y'all. I'm flipping this table and I'm taking the Twinkies when I walk out. Right? So if you're, you're going to have a meltdown, Kevin Hart style, yeah, rethink that real quick. Um, so definitely have a good recommendation. Um, leave on a good note, even if the contract ends, you wished it had gone, you know, longer. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's, it's something out of your control. It's money or it's studio. You just don't know. You don't know what's going on. So you just have to say thanks for the experience and opportunity and, and you know, move on. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if you're always writing and you keep meeting people, then you'll, you'll always have mm-hmm. another opportunity that comes up. And mm-hmm. the good thing is a lot of people um, do move on. So they sure. move up and they free a position. And guess what? That's mm-hmm. a new job for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So you jump in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that person wants more money and they don't want to, the studio doesn't want to pay it. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take your job. <laughs> that's, that's my motto. <laughs> that's a good motto. Um, I want to jump on what she said sure, about so much out of your control. So much is out of your control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, like you were saying, it could be, it could be, um, financial stuff at the studio Mm -hmm. it could be nepotism Mm -hmm. it could be i mean any variety of things and you just have no control like anyone who's been on a show for like five years has gone from Mm -hmm. staff writer producer executive whatever if they don't think that they're lucky then they've got a real big ego (laughs) you can be derailed at any time for any reason like perfect i mean we halfway through grim rotated out a lot of writers is the way i remember richard Richard told me that i remember i remember yeah yeah, and you know Amazing writers, like when people are like, oh, you're not a show. I'm like, no, but I'm like, I'm in the company of some really amazing writers. <laughs> you know, like funny, and that's out of your control, and mm-hmm. it's above your pay grade. You know, like I met awesome people on the show. I worked with mm-hmm. some awesome people. We did some fucked up things on the show that you know for the fans that really appreciated. You know, mm-hmm. and um, it was great doing that. And like mm-hmm. that's you want to have fun where you're working. Life's too short for mm-hmm. any BS like that. Mm-hmm. So like, I want to be on a show where I want to be and where I'm wanted and where we can do really cool drama mm-hmm. and you know hopefully it's genre driven it's genre genre genre, mm-hmm. genre drama because mm-hmm. that's where like the, the you know the juicy point is yes. for me. I mean I love character driven stuff but if I can do character driven in drama then sign yeah, me up I agree mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what I think is important yeah. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. you know it's not always in your control so only thing you have control over which is what Andrew was just saying was that mm-hmm. you can write exactly mm-hmm. well let me let's leave them with one last thing from both of you guys um, word of advice, which you guys have been giving all night anyway, all day, whatever. And then what's your goal? What you want to do? 
Oh, wow. That's a super hard question. Um, I'll start with advice because um, I love giving advice to other writers mm -hmm. um, just because I know how hard it was for me. And when people took time to give me a word of encouragement, they don't realize that was more valuable to me than gold or money, sure, exactly. let me tell you, because you will meet so much rejection and people will read your work and literally tell you that it's horrible, that no one, I had someone tell me, no one wants to read this. Damn. And um, <laughs> that person who is still in the industry, I won't give their name. You know, Satan um, got to work. <laughs> you know, Satan has to work. They, <laughs> she thought she was giving me valuable advice. Wow. Um, but she was wrong. And so for me, I think the most important thing was having um, my own value system. Right. And, and for me, that was my faith. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't, I'm not a big you know, Bible thumper, but I think you have to have something to fall back Absolutely. on, whether you meditate, Some spirituality, whether something. you pray, whether yeah. you, you're Buddhist, Hindu, whatever. It, you have to have something because you will re meet so much rejection that mm -hmm. unless you have that to fall back on, you will fall apart. Absolutely. Okay? Some kickboxing. And, like, you know <laughs> and I think that was very important. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of the strong Christian community here in, in Hollywood and just people who are positive. I think surround yourself with positive people who believe in you. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you're going to have a lot of naysayers, even your own family sometimes will tell you this is not working out for you. This mm -hmm. is a pipe dream. It's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. And you have to be so strong. You have to almost be like steel. You mm -hmm. have to have an iron will to make it as a writer. And then once you make it, as Spiro mentioned, all of a sudden you will receive all this acclaim. People will run up to you and say, oh, you're so wonderful. You're so this, you're so that. <laughs> but guess what? You're the same person you were, mm -hmm. except now. Because someone else has validated you, they, they want to validate you as well. Sure. So you have to validate yourself. And that, that's my advice to, to writers, anyone who wants to make it in this industry. In terms of my own goals, I just want to continue growing as a creative, dynamic person. Mm -hmm. and also I like that dynamic it. person. Okay. <laughs> like she's specialism. Dynamic. That covers a lot. Um, and, and the, you know, continue to... Um, to meet other writers and learn from them because in this mm -hmm. industry, no one is a master. Mm -hmm. Everyone is a student. You never master at all. There are a thousand different ways to tell a story. Sure. I think um, it was um, Steven Spielberg who, who, who? mentioned that. Who's that? Steven, Sp <laughs> <laughs> Steven Spielberg. God. And, you know, I just admire his work so much because he started out making basically what the studio told him to make. And then mm -hmm. finally, at a certain point, he said, you know what? I want to write about my people. Mm. I want to write stories that mean something to me. Mm -hmm. And he did. Mm -hmm. And he proved that, you know, I can write these really deep emotional movies and people will come and see them. Sure. So yeah, I, I think, think people in Hollywood, work. sometimes we, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, we underestimate the, the audience that right. we have and, and what they're willing to watch. You mm -hmm. know, sometimes they do want to see something that's really deep and thought provoking as well as something that's really fun and makes you laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I want to continue to, to grow as a writer and maybe one day have my own show. That's every writer dream <laughs> and uh we'll see what happens this was that nice i love angela <laughs> uh word of advice uh similar just to one last you, saying, you know one yeah, last similar thing. to what you were saying you know so much of our as writers so much of our self-esteem is tied into i'm not working or mm -hmm. i my script was good and people don't like me and you know you need to continue keep growing as a writer and you need to do other creative things yes i paint I paint horribly, but I paint, and that's what I do. <laughs> Just scribbling. <laughs> if you've seen my Facebook icon, that's a painting I've done. You know, oh, like okay. yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like I enjoy painting, right. and I can do it, and it's creative, and there's no studio executive over my shoulders telling me to change this to do that. It's mm -hmm. just, it's me. And you know, you want to have that, that little tiny spot that's yours, you mm -hmm. know, and you want to have that inside you, and like you need to be secure in who you are and what you can bring to a table and what you can bring to a room and why as a writer you're you think of things and say things that no one else would do mm -hmm. and I think that's important and um, also someone my first year on staff and it was just a couple weeks in and I asked one of the co-executive producers if I I'm like am I pitching enough is this am I doing just like you make a tenth of what we make if you pitch one for every 10 pitches we do, if you pitch one. Yeah, I've heard that. I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah. the only thing I took from yeah. that was like, you make 10 times more than I do? I'm going to get your job. Um, and it's, it's like residuals, bitch. Residuals. <laughs> and as far as... You know that big envelope uh, with all the motherfuckers? <laughs> as far as what's next, 
you know, I just want to keep writing. I yeah. love character-driven stuff, and every th- time I think that I've gone there in a script, I've learned something new in the process. I was like, oh, I could take this further, and I just mm-hmm. want to continue to take because you're developing. So you clearly, you, your goal is to be running your own show. Yeah, I mean, but in the meantime, like, I want to work on other people's shows. I want to yeah, work yeah. on cool, fun shows. Like, right. and that's the goal. Is like, I want to keep getting paid to be creative, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. know, that is the name of the game. Sure. All right. That's what's up. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Good. We're going to end it on that Thanks. note because I know you guys got to get, get going on this one. Thanks um, so much for having us. It's been really you. fun. Thank you. Well, Thanks, Hillier. Thanks, Lisa. It's great. <laughs> Go, Graham and Sleepy Hollow. I know. Still good shows. Still good shows. So before we end, one last thing. Tell everybody where they can find you and just remind us again about the night. You don't have to tell them. I'm not telling them I give me your number. <laughs> I'll I'm like, her, are you I'll on Facebook? Do you got a Twitter? Um, like what? You can um, follow <laughs> me. And, and also remind them about the 28th. Yeah, I, you can follow me on Twitter at Spiro Graffo. All right. And you can catch me at the Writers Guild on the 28th. Uh, He's going to be hosting. Moderating a panel. Moderating, yeah. uh, you know, if you're a Writers Guild member, please come. If you know, moderate a panel on just writing, on getting your material ready for staffing season. Mm-hmm. And you can always catch me at Comic-Con. I do a panel there as well mm-hmm. uh, for an introduction to writers, for people nice. who really aren't mm-hmm. writers, you know, who aren't in the system yet. Mm-hmm. You, Angela. Um, I like to keep it on the down low, but for anyone <laughs> she who really, all private and stuff. If, if you have a question or something that you want to ask me about the industry, about uh, TV writing, I'm always available to help. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. <laughs> T-X-A-C square. That's my Twitter, That's Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> And I've had it for two years, and I think I've tweeted maybe eight times. So <laughs> don't expect a lot from me. However, um, you know, like I said, any questions, I welcome them if I can help you. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Where well, you at, Lisa? Lisa Colt Jam? Oh, my gosh. I'm on Twitter. You can also <laughs> find me on Bitchflix if you want to... What's that? What's that for the Bitch folks? Is, uh, it's a website that talks about film from a feminist perspective, mm-hmm. and basically, I just go in on whatever the newest films, or not just new, mm-hmm. but classic films with the intersectional feminist slant. So, mm-hmm. the usual reviews, but a little something extra. <laughs> okay. Should be going in on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm also you know on Twitter. You mm-hmm. may follow me. I've just got to warn you, people. I just got to warn you. Mm-hmm. I'm not always roses and rainbows and, and chocolate covered. <laughs> I think they heard that today. (laughs) um, No, I go in on a lot of stuff and it's fun. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm really part of the science fiction and fantasy community because I do a lot of that stuff. Oh, Mm -hmm. I have a story coming out uh, sometime this year from Uncanny Magazine. Look for three voices. I'll let you know when it comes out. I have another short story coming out in a collection of sci-fi called, uh, what is it? How How to... I can't remember the name of the book I'm in. Which which reminds me, I hate to to, to back up, I forgot. Your vampire book that you wrote. Oh, oh, tell them about your book. You don't want to promote that? All right, fine. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. (laughs) No, it happened so long ago. Sometimes, I swear to God, I forget that I wrote it. You're a different writer now. That's what Um, it is. I am. I think as a writer, you change so much from year to year, from Mm -hmm. month to month that... I'm not the same person mm-hmm. as when I wrote that, and that was my first attempt. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little ragged and, and so ratchet. I, and so if I thought it somewhere, I can hold on to it and 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 read and yes. hold on to it and be like, exactly. hey. <laughs> um, no, I think as a writer, the first stuff you write, you're, you're going to cringe when you look back, man. You're just going to cringe. You're going to want to like burn it. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, it it. It was all. It was all good. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Okay. How to survive another? If planet. they find it, they'll okay. get a prize. If you find the book, you'll oh, get I'm a prize. For it. I'm going to find that. I'm just going to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. So when she has her TV show, because I'm I do, I think it's out of print. I do believe Darn it. I think it's because I got a. I got a notice she from got my all publisher the last year. <laughs> or at least that that's the story were, she's telling me. They mm-hmm. were um, putting the rest in remainder. Um, oh. You know, they do a certain mm-hmm. amount of a right. print run. I think it was only like maybe twenty thousand print run. So if you can find one, uh, good luck. <laughs> Power to you. That's what's up. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. And uh, thank you guys very much, man. I appreciate you guys coming through. Thanks. I love my girl. Cool. Thanks. And I'm starting to, starting to know my thank man you. Spiro, too. I love you now, too. See, you like that? How oh, wait, work? One last thing. What? Showing you trying to squeeze. I'm sorry, because they said it. Hey, on the 17th of this month, I believe it's the 17th is a Saturday. Just mm-hmm. look, just follow me on Twitter. You find out. Uh, me and Greek Soul Brother were doing a live tweet of the Korean oh, horror him. film called <laughs> The Host. So if you remember that Korean uh-huh. horror film, uh-huh. so we're gonna live tweet it. And uh-huh. if you follow, like we do this a lot with Black Girl Nerds, Greek Soul Brothers. Just 
bunch of nerdy people. Mm-hmm. And usually we'll pick a movie and then we'll live tweet it. So if you follow me on Twitter uh, on the 17th of this month, um, more details later. But we're going to do the host. And it's a lot of fun to mm-hmm. live tweet. And people from all <laughs> over the world do it. And we just go in on these movies. And sometimes we just watch. I think the more fun is just watching the tweets and what people's reactions to movies, mm-hmm. especially people who've never seen these movies before. So check it out. Go genre, go horror, supernatural, folks. Exactly. Do what you got to do. <laughs> so again, I'm your host, Hilliard Guest, and uh, thank you guys for listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Hope you guys got a bunch of game, and um, thank you again to my wonderful, wonderful guests, Spiro and Angela. I appreciate it. I know people are going to be like, wow, I can write a script now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's important. That's what's important. So you guys can find me on Twitter. I like to say it like that, like I'm cool or something. <laughs> on Twitter. What? Don't be rolling your eyes. I didn't say anything. <laughs> and I'm thinking it. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at um, Hilliard Guest, or you can find us at ScreenwritersRR. <clears throat> um, if you guys want to send us an email, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. And um, special little thanks to a couple of the top countries who have been out there giving us five-star reviews, hitting us on Twitter, you know, supporting us every, every single week. We appreciate it. Um, England, Australia, Spain, Brazil. Uh, I've got to go to all those places. I know. They should be calling for us to come teach over there, goddammit. I, I, I especially you know? have to get to London really fast <laughs> because... Yeah, we got about 50, 60 people in London people every week. There, the talent and all the people, mm-hmm. the actors, everybody who's over there, just so mm-hmm. talented. I just want to sit around and breathe their air. Canada, Japan, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So thank y'all. We love y'all too. So let everybody, everybody going to do this one. We can hear you. We can hear you. We're going to say 1,015. All right? Trust me. Just roll with it. Just roll with it. So on the Screenwriters Rant Room, we keep it street. Mm-hmm. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? A thousand and fifteen. Peace, y'all. Happy. Yeah, man, I got something to get off my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the Rant Room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. We tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic. Even the random. Hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the Rant Room. Yeah, That's it. That's all I got to say.